Good morning, City Prez. Uh, greetings from Austin, Texas. It's a joy and a privilege to be here this morning and to worship our great God together. Uh, it's especially an honor to be able to share God's word with you. Um, uh, as was shared by, by Richard and by others, um, this is a season of dependence. Uh, this is a season of renewal. This is a season of seeking new grace, and God will be faithful to provide as you seek his face. So in that hope, I want us to look at Psalm 23 together this morning. Uh, Psalm 23 is a familiar text uh, for many of you. It's the most famous psalm in all of scriptures. Uh, but I hope that this morning, God will speak to you from his word in new and fresh ways. So please stand as we hear God's word from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Father and our God, we do thank you for this word, and we simply ask that in the time that we have together this morning, that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand, and wills to obey, that we might see Jesus high and lifted up. In his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Personality types. I'm sure that you've been around a dinner table, a school table, a work table, and have had conversations around personality types. There's a whole bunch of different types, and these personality tests are intended to help us to know ourselves better, to know whether we're more energized by being with people or whether we're more energized in being by ourselves, uh, to know whether we like to take the lead or whether we like to follow, and a whole host of other things that give us insight into ourselves and our place in the world. We live in a world that gives honor, that gives fame, that gives priority to those who lead, to those who take charge. David Brooks, a number of years ago, wrote an article where he outlined two virtues, the competitive virtues and the compassionate virtues. And Brooks said that the competitive virtues are in vogue today. Things like toughness, power, strength, authority, dominance. And we tell these stories in our culture through the lens of people like Tony Stark. He says, out of vogue, out of style, are the compassionate virtues. Things like humility gentleness, kindness, mercy, forgiveness. 
And he says these are lacking in our cultural stories. And these virtues shape us to be an entirely different type of people. People like Mr. Rogers. And so he asks, who do you aspire to be? How is this culture shaping you to be like Tony Stark? How is this culture shaping you to be like Mr. Rogers? And he says, who are you aspiring to be as a person? Well, today we want to look at the wisdom of Psalm 23. And in Psalm 23, God's word to us says that we are all sheep. We're all followers. We all need guidance. We all need encouragement. We all need help. We all need grace. Psalm 23 reminds us in beautiful ways that we're not in charge. We need someone to follow. And it doesn't matter if you're here this morning and you've been a Christian for a long time, even in your entire life, or whether you're here this morning and you're exploring the Christian faith, you are somebody that needs a shepherd. You are somebody that needs a guide through life. And so this morning, we want to look at the wisdom of Psalm 23 in three turns. First, why we need a shepherd. Second, when we need a shepherd. And third, who is our shepherd? So first, in a world aspiring to be like Tony Stark, why do we need a shepherd? Simply put, we need a shepherd because we are finite. We're not autonomous. We're not independent. We're all sheep. We live in a scary, in a dark, in a crazy, and in a tumultuous world. And there are lots of things that can ensnare us as humans. The fear of loneliness, the fear of disease, the fear of another pandemic, the fear of addiction, the fear of divorce, and the biggest one of them all, the fear of death. No one, no one in this world can escape difficulty, can escape hardship, can escape trial. The younger we are, the more that we think that we're prepared to face these things, or maybe, if by luck and circumstance, we'll escape some of these things. And as the great theologian Mike Tyson once said, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And when life punches us in the mouth through divorce, through cancer, through the loss of a job, we need a shepherd. We need a guide who is bigger than life's circumstances. We need a shepherd who can guide us through these highs and lows, through these peaks and valleys, through these twists and turns that we all face. We need a shepherd who is wiser than the best of human coaches that may guide us through life, financial planners, life coaches, personal trainers, counselors. Thanks be to God that we have these people in our lives, but we need someone who is bigger and wiser than all these we need a shepherd who knows exactly what to give us at the right time in the right circumstances. We need a shepherd who's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. And friends, the shepherd that we need is the God of the Bible. 
Only God is big enough. Only God is wise enough. Only God is good enough to give us exactly what we need as we run through life and experience all the highs and lows, all the peaks and valleys. Psalm 23 says that this shepherd knows these paths and that this shepherd knows us. And that this shepherd isn't leading us to destruction, but he's leading us to life, abundant life. And so we need a shepherd because we're all sheep. We're all creatures. We're all finite. This world is too big for us. Who can handle the mercies of this life? Who can handle the severe mercies of this life? It's too overwhelming. It's too big. It's too dark. It's too scary. So our smallness and the world's vastness is why we need a shepherd. A couple of years ago, I got on a plane on a Saturday morning to go visit a church in Minnesota that I was helping to consult for and go through a similar process as I am with uh, your church. And I got on the plane and Everything was fine. Everything was normal. Had a great flight. I think maybe watched a, a little movie. Tried to sleep. Uh, landed on the plane. Turned on my phone. And I was confronted with two texts. The first was from my brother. And my brother said, Sonny died. And that was all. And Sonny was my brother's father-in-law. And Sonny was a father figure to me as well. And I was confronted with the reality of not being able to see Sonny, not being able to say goodbye to Sonny, no longer having Sonny in my life and being a guide and a mentor to me. And then another text appeared from a pastor friend who said, Chris died in a motorcycle accident. And that was a mutual pastor friend who was out on a motorcycle ride on a Saturday morning and slipped on the road and tragically fell to his death. And in this moment, I was confronted with the vastness of how scary this world really is. And I remember just playing, praying on the plane, Lord, be my shepherd, but be the shepherd to my brother and his wife and their family, and to Chris and his family and their community. Be a shepherd who cares for them in this moment of loss and tragedy and death. So that's why we need a shepherd. Because we're sheep, and this is a scary world. Second, when do we need a shepherd? We need a shepherd throughout all the seasons of life. Throughout all the journeys of life. And this psalm takes us on a beautiful journey of a sheep's life. It starts in the springtime when everything is good, when things are bright, when things are joyful, when there's life all around, abundant life. We see this in the first few verses. There's green grass. There's still water, meaning that the rivers and springs are full. And this shepherd in the springtime of life leads his sheep to rest. And if you know anything about sheep, you know that sheep are anxious animals, and it's hard for sheep to rest. But this shepherd, in the springtime of life, 
gives good gifts so that his sheep might rest. And this is a picture of fullness, a picture of abundance, a picture of flourishing. And friends, some of you are experiencing the springtime of life. And thanks be to God. You're experiencing the joy of good health, the joy of good relationships, the joy of strong finances, the joy of fulfilling work, the joy of new dreams. And for you, life is full of goodness. And if that's you this morning, if you're overwhelmed by the amazing abundance and goodness of God, then enjoy these days. These days are gifts from your shepherd. He's leading and guiding and providing this green grass and this still water for you. And so receive these gifts with deep gratitude in whatever form these gifts come into your life. Thank him for your kindness. Rest in him. He's the one that has provided these for you. But know this, and we all know this, Every sheep in Israel knew this. Springtime doesn't last forever. Summer is on the way. Summer is coming. Summer will soon be upon you. As a Southern California kid that doesn't know seasons very well, I have endured 13 Austin summers. And living in Austin, it even happened this week, something, uh, we have conversations that go something like this around this time of year. Isn't it amazing to live here? We don't even need jackets, right? The sun is out. We're going to a park. We're eating outside. We're still sweating when we exercise. Isn't this incredible? The rest of the country, maybe not uh, Albuquerque or other places, but the rest of the country, you know, they're in deep freeze, and here we get to enjoy winter. Isn't this amazing? And then somebody in the group will say this. Yeah, but August is coming. <laughs> Summer is coming and we are going to hate it here. Austin in August is horrible. And why do any of us endure it and live here? So why do we do this to ourselves? Like, why can't we enjoy the springtime of life and the good gifts of God without thinking about things going awry, without thinking about summer? It's because we know as creatures living in a fallen world that we have to steward suffering. And that suffering shapes us, summer shapes us, and that the heat of summer as it approaches, it scorches, scorches the green grass and it evaporates the still waters. And what was true of sheep living in Israel is true of us, that springtime doesn't last forever. And Jerusalem, as this mountainous city, in order for your sheep to survive the summer, the good shepherds had to take the sheep from the mountains down into, through the valleys, into the pasture land so that they could find new grass and find new water. And so the good shepherd knew that as they made this journey down the mountains into new pasture lands, that as they journeyed, there would be bandits, there would be thieves, there would be lurkers seeking to hurt and destroy 
the sheep. And in the shadows on these paths, it's dangerous. The sheep have to make this journey down the mountain in the shadows. But notice in Psalm 23 that the good shepherd says, you are not alone. I'm with you. I'm here for you. Even though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you go with me at your side and I will protect you. I will keep you alive. I will preserve you. As sheep, we journey through these various seasons from springtime to summer. The good shepherd says, you have nothing to fear. I'm with you. No evil will overtake you. I'm bigger. I'm mightier. I'm stronger than any foe. I will get you through the valley, and I will bring you to new life on the other side. And some of us here this morning, we're in the summertime of life. We're in the valley. We're in the heat. We're experiencing the heat of broken dreams, of broken bodies, of broken relationships, of broken finances. We're experiencing the heat of living in a broken city, a broken world. And we're overwhelmed by the pain and suffering that's all around and even within. And we're experiencing the heat of a world turned against you, the heat of a world that we don't know how to navigate very well. And if that's you, embrace these days. Endure these days. Because these days won't last forever either. Know this, you have a shepherd who is with you during these days, a shepherd who is for you during these days, a shepherd who will lead you and guide you through these days, a shepherd who is walking this path with you and know these paths well. These are well-worn paths for your shepherd. These are righteous paths for your shepherd. He has walked them countless times, and he's not going to let any evil overcome or overtake you. And friends, for most of us, we live in the tension between the springtime of life and the summertime of life. Most of us are stewarding joys and trials, highs and lows, good things and bad things together. I have a friend who, a number of years ago, went to the hospital one day, went to the hospital with his wife while they anticipated the birth of their firstborn son. And so he was on one end of the hospital in one room, and on the other side of the hospital in another room, his dad was there dying. And he had to spend the day going back and forth between these two hospital rooms, uh, caring for his wife as they prepared for their newborn son and saying goodbye to his father. And both the son and the father died on the exact same day. And these days have formed him as a husband, as a father, as a son. Because on these days, he both celebrates his son's birthday and laments his father's death. And that's just part of the mystery of life. And so as you embrace whatever season you're in, the newness of spring or the heat of summer, do not fear your shepherd is with you. Enjoy these days and embrace these days knowing that they won't last forever. Fall is coming. Fall is around the corner. 
fall is good news. But if you were a sheep in Israel, fall would not be good news for you. In Israel, fall was harvest time. Fall was party time. Fall was fiesta time. Fall was celebration time. Israel would gather to feast, to remember God's kindness, to remember God's provision, to remember God's love over them. And they would sing, and they would dance, and they would remember, and they would give thanks, and they would eat. They would eat lamb. Lots of lamb. So if you're a sheep, lucky to make it through the springtime of life, lucky to make it through the summer, fall turns around, and what is that for you? You are meat. You're going to be slaughtered. You're going to be consumed. You're going to be eaten. You're going to become the feast. But notice what our text says. Friends, this is incredible. What happens to these sheep in the fall? A feast is prepared for them. They're not eaten. They're not slaughtered. The good shepherd doesn't consume them. He doesn't devour them. He doesn't take their lives. Instead, he prepares a feast. He gives a feast for the sheep. He throws the sheep a party. He gives them a banquet, a meal, a place around his table. He says, this is your home. And this home is not a place of death for you. This home is a place of life for you. Friends, this is the heart of Christianity. This is the heart of the gospel. God isn't out to get you. God isn't out to consume you. He's not out to devour you. He is out to give himself to you, to provide for you, to love you, to care for you throughout the seasons of life. He's a God who throws parties for you, and he wants to feast with you, not upon you. And he's got a deep, abiding, enduring love. And that's the story of Christianity, of how God provides for his sheep. You see, it's one thing for a shepherd to give green grass and still water for the sheep in the springtime of life. That's good news. It's another thing for a shepherd to give food and water to his sheep during the summertime of life. That's better news. But it's an entirely different thing for a shepherd to give food and water and a table and a feast to the sheep during the fall of life. That's astonishing news. That's incredible news. And that's who our God is, a God who throws feasts for the sheep. Our God cares for us through all the twists and turns of life, providing exactly what we need as we journey. So you need a shepherd because you're a sheep, you're a creature, you're finite. You need a shepherd through every season of life through spring and summer and fall. And finally, you need to know who your shepherd is. Your shepherd is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord, the one who keeps promises forever, the one who keeps faith forever, the one who is always faithful to lead and guide and care and love for the sheep 
the Lord who continually says, come back home, come to my table, come to my house, come and receive grace. No matter how far you've strayed, no matter how far you've wandered, no matter how long it's been, this is a place for you. My doors are always open. My mercy and grace are going to go after you all the days of your life. Come back to me. Come home. There's a place for you. At the center of this psalm are these words, the Lord is with me. You are with me. And that's the heart of the biblical story. That's the heart of Christianity. God with his people. God for his people. The same Lord who was with Moses is with you. The same Lord who was with David is with you. The same Lord who was with Daniel is with you. The same Lord who was with Sarah is with you. The same Lord who was with Christ is with you. You see, Jesus needed a shepherd as well. He had a father. He had a father to lead and guide and direct him through his life. He had a father who would care for him and love him throughout the seasons of his life. He had a father who was there to provide and protect and bring him home, not only through the valley of the shadow of death, but through death itself. Your Savior passed through the valley to ascend to his Father's right hand, where he now dwells with his Father forever, and where he rules and reigns over all things for your sake. He's gone before us to prepare the way to get the Father's house ready for the great and final and ultimate feast. This is your God. This is your shepherd, the one who loves you to the end, the one who has promised to bring you from death to life, the one who has promised to preserve you throughout all the twists and turns of life. This is your God. This is your Savior. He's preparing a feast for you an eternal feast, an eternal banquet where you will one day celebrate with, and with him and rest in him all the days of your life because God has provided the lamb. God himself has provided the lamb. The father sent the son as the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. You are not the lamb. And when you get this, that you are not the lamb, but the Father has sent the lamb, that the Father is not out to consume you, that the Father is here to provide for you. It transforms everything in life. You'll be able to enjoy the springtime of life saying, Father, thank you for these good and amazing gifts, but I know that there's more to come. I know that the most amazing tables that we celebrate the most amazing feasts that we have, the greatest parties that we throw. These are just a taste of what's to come. And so I want to receive these with gratitude. And you can embrace the summertime of life, knowing that your Savior has walked these paths before, knowing that he has suffered, he has died, and that he has grace for you in these paths. These are paths of righteousness. And he's with you in his suffering and he's gone before you so that you can suffer in hope. 
and you can suffer in love. And when you know this, it changes everything. You can receive any joy. You can receive any trial, the scriptures say, with gratitude and with an acknowledgement that you are God's beloved. As those who belong to the Good Shepherd, in small but real ways, we become under-shepherds. We do more than just receive the grace of God. We get to embody the grace of God. We get to live it out. We get to pass it on to others. We are privileged as under-shepherds in Christ's body to be those who love others in small but real ways as we've been loved, who forgive as we've been forgiven, who protect as we've been protected, never perfectly, but in small but real ways in Jesus' name. And so as under-shepherds of this King, of this God, think through how God has entrusted care to you, care in your home, care in your neighborhood, care in your school, care in your university, care in your place of work. This is the beauty of the church. This is the beauty of being the people of God that we get to embody in small but real ways the love of God for his world. And we get to do that together as a community, even as you're searching for your next pastor. I know some of you are here this morning, and you're sad that you have to enter into this season of searching for a pastor. You're still lamenting the loss of Justin. Some of you are here this morning, and you're worried. You're worried that this process might take too long, that you might not find the right fit, uh, that people might leave, that the community might go through some tension and some trials. Let me just say this for you, that as you embrace this season of transition, and as you prepare to one day celebrate with your new pastor, throw a party for your new pastor, remember this, you already have a shepherd. Your shepherd is the Lord. Your shepherd is with you. He's here with you now. And through this process and through this journey, all you're looking for is another under-shepherd who can lead you to the true shepherd. And so when you know the true shepherd, your life will not be marked by competitive virtues. When you know the true shepherd, your life will be marked by compassionate virtues. You'll not see life as a battle to be won, but you'll see life as a journey to be enjoyed, walking through the twists and turns of life toward your Father's home, who has and who is and who will prepare a table for you, the sheep. Let me pray for us. Father, this psalm is truly amazing. We are overwhelmed by your goodness and mercy as it's expressed in this psalm, that you are this type of God who does not consume the sheep, but prepares feasts for the sheep. We ask that our lives would rest in the reality that you are our good shepherd. And we ask for grace to become wise under shepherds in your name. 
We pray for City Prez this morning as they prepare to receive a new under-shepherd to lead and guide and care for this church family. We ask that they would do so knowing that you are their shepherd in their midst today. We do thank you for Justin, and we thank you for the Edgar family. We praise you for all the ways that they faithfully loved and served and cared for this community. And we pray that as this community seeks your face for the right next under-shepherd, that they'll never forget that you are their shepherd. So please lead and guide and care and comfort and be present to them throughout this season. Please help the search team. Please help this community to rest in you. Please help them to go forth into this city to love and serve and care for friends and neighbors and classmates and associates out of the deep love that you give to them as their shepherd. We pray all this in the name of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.